Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Now, as we uh, are jumping into this message today, let me, just, let me just ask you, and I know that you're not here with me, but if you were to be honest with yourself, how many of you would say that you could use a boost in your prayer life? I know that I could certainly use a boost, uh, and I think all of us from time to time need to, use, need to have a boost in our prayer lives. Uh, but most people, when they're asked to pray, uh, they, they simply feel unequipped. They feel ill-prepared, and they kind of squirm a little bit when you ask them to pray. They, 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 they don't want to. They're, they're like, ah, I, I just don't think I can. I've, I've never done that before. And, and there are a couple reasons why people kind of push back on prayer um, and why they don't pray more. The, the first reason people push back on prayer is because they're not sure how to pray. They're not sure that what they want to pray about is legal. It's like, can I, can I actually pray for that? Um, they're, they're worried that their prayer is too long or maybe that it's too short or is it too loud? Is it too soft? Do I pray out loud? Do I pray quietly? Do I just pray in my head, like, you know, I don't say anything out loud? Do I move my lips? Does it have to be with other people around? Am I supposed to do it in a, in a room? Am I supposed to be on my knees? Am I supposed to be standing? Are my hands supposed to be folded? They, they just simply don't know how to pray. The second reason people don't pray more is because they get bored or they're distracted as soon as they begin to pray. It's like we, we get on our knees and, or, or we're driving and we start praying and we're like, Father, I just want to thank you so much for this day. And squirrel, like our minds are off somewhere else. We get distracted easily. We begin to think about the groceries that we have to go get or the, the, the to-do list that is never ending and all the things that we have to do. We, we just get distracted. The third reason people don't pray more is because, well, they think that their requests are too small for God. They're like, you know, God is, is big, he's all-powerful, and he's got all of this stuff to be concerned about. He has world peace, he has the wars that are going on, he has death and famine and heartache and pain, and people have cancer and AIDS. There are so many things in this world that, that, that we should be praying about. God shouldn't, he doesn't care about, you know, my stubbed toe or my job situation, they think their prayer requests are too small for God to care about, too little to mess with. And then the fourth reason people don't pray more is because they're not sure that their prayers will make a difference. Here's where they think. They think, well, God already knows that I'm in this mess, so why should I bother praying about it? Because he already knows, and he's not doing anything about it. He's not oblivious to it. Would me praying about it change anything? And so people kind of, I don't know, they, they have their reasons for not praying more. And I think many of us will go through uh, life or our spiritual life believing in God, but we'll have a half-hearted or a non-existent prayer life for these reasons. And so what I want to do is help you overcome those things. I want to teach you a little bit more about prayer. So let me give you a working definition of what prayer is, because it's really important that we land on this uh, at some point here. And I I would say that prayer is this. It is simply communicating with God. That's all it is. It's just talking to him. And I know that that's so simple, and yet when you think about it, it's so remarkable that God would hear you pray. 
that he would actually listen to you and take time to hear your thoughts. That's why the Bible says, because we know he hears us, we can go boldly before the throne of God and we can talk to him, we can speak with him. Now, some of you are not sure about the right ways to go about doing that. And let me tell you, there are lots of ways that you can pray. And I think some people have put prayer in this box that I really hope that you can break out of as far as what it looks like and how you can communicate with God. Because David, David was a guy in the Bible who God said about him that he's a man after my own heart. And David prayed some very creative prayers and said some very remarkable and astonishing things to God in those prayers. And so I want to take a look at one of his prayers today. And I want you to see that, that he spoke to God in very creative ways. I mean, for crying out loud, this prayer was actually a song. He wrote this prayer to God in a song. It was meant to be sung to God. And so we can break out of this box of what prayer looks like if we, if we really open our hearts and our minds today. Because look what David said. He said, give ear to my words, O Lord, Consider my sighing. Now, I want to just stop right there. First, he is making a point of saying that God is hearing him. Lord, hear what I'm saying. But then he goes on and says something quite astonishing. He says, give ear to my sighing. He says, Cons or, excuse me, consider my sighing. Now, I don't know if you know what sighing is, but sighing is nonverbal communication. Like, it's not even words. It's just a sound that you make. It's like, <sighs> You know, women, if you're, if you're watching this and you are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that you sigh out of frustration. It's like, you know, if you're married to a man, you, you know exactly what I'm saying because you get frustrated with him. Or maybe, maybe, ladies, you also know that same sound. Or guys, you know this sound whenever your lady cuddles up next to you on the couch. It's been a long day and she's just feeling satisfied and content and she makes a sound. It's a sigh of contentment, Right? But that sigh, that sound says so much. And David is saying, hey, listen to the words that I'm saying, but would you even just consider the sounds that I'm making? Like, not even the words that I'm saying. And then he goes on to say, listen to my cry for help. So he's talking about crying out to God, crying tears. Listen to, for, to my cry for help, my king and my God, for you, for to you I pray. Now the use of the possessive word my here indicates like a level of intimacy uh, that David has with God. Like he knows who God is and he knows whose he is. He knows that he belongs to God and God belongs to him. It's this possessive word. It's like you are my God and you are my king. And it's this level of intimacy that he develops with God through prayer. The verse continues and says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and await in expectation. He's saying, God, you're so good and that you've been so good to me that I'm going to tell you what's on my heart and on my mind and then I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to listen to what you're saying. Now, how amazing is that? That the creator of the universe hears your prayers and hears my prayers. And God will do exactly, uh, this is what David's saying. He's saying, God will do exactly what I ask or he'll do something better or he'll do something totally different. Either way, I'm just going to sit here and wait on what God's saying. That's what, that, that's what David's saying. I, I, I just trust him completely. I trust him that whatever, however this is going to turn out, that now that I've let him know what it is that's on my heart, I'm just going to sit and wait because he's going to answer. Now, most of us didn't grow up praying this way. I know that I certainly didn't. Talking to God like he's our intimate friend, like he's right there with us. And yet David is talking to God as if he's an intimate friend with him. But we need to learn to speak to God in ways that are expressions of who we are. 
Because like I said, this is a song that David wrote, but there are, there are other ways that we can communicate. Think about how your kids, if you have children, or if you're an aunt or an uncle, or have ever been around kids, the different ways that they choose to communicate. Some kids communicate through their words. Some kids communicate through their hands. Like They, they want to wrestle with you. They don't really want to talk with you. They want to bring you down on the ground and have a tickle fest, you know, and, and then they'll may, may be ready to talk and communicate with you. I've got a, a kid who, who likes to talk at all the wrong moments and all the wrong times, and, and I have to slow down and I have to stop and go, okay, I'll, I'll listen because I, I want to hear what's on his heart. I want to hear what's on his mind. But you can communicate with God in lots of different ways. You can communicate with, to God through worship, through singing a song. You can communicate to God through nature. You can communicate to God through writing. I love to communicate to God that way. I like to talk to him that way. Something's on my heart. I love to journal it. I like to blog about it. I like to type, to write out what God is speaking to me through his word. I love to talk to him that way. Some people choose to, to turn on a worship song and just cry with him. Other people choose to, to laugh with him. When they see something funny, they'll nudge him and be like, man, you're incredible. You're hilarious. Look, look what you made. Look at the sense of humor that you have. People enjoy communicating with God through lots of different ways. We can connect and communicate with him too that way. If we choose to get outside of this box, have the courage to break free of what we've known or have learned or been told that prayer is. Prayer is simply this, communicating with God. It's having a conversation with him in whichever way that you choose to have. Now, there are four things to consider when you're talking to God. And the very first thing that I want you to consider when, about when you talk to God is that when you talk to God, you need to use gut-level honesty. Gut-level honesty. Many people don't do this. They, they don't approach God with gut-level honestly. And in fact, when they start talking to God, they become somebody else. Like, for instance, you know, you can hang out with your friends, and they're like, what's up, dog? Dude, home, what's up, bro? How are you today? You know, they pull you in, slap you high five, whatever. And they're just talking to you like they are, like, like they normally are. But when they pray, they take on a position, like even a stance, and they fold their hands, and they get all pious sounding, and their voice kind of changes a little bit, and they're like, they start talking and, well, in King James, you know, like the, the, the King James version of the Bible, and they talk to God like that's the only language he speaks. They're like, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Like, like they talk to God that way. And God, God doesn't have to be talked to that way. They, they like put on a show for him. And that's not what God is looking for. I mean, like what if our kids did that? What if our kids came up to us and started talking to us that way? Like, you know, before they approached you, they wanted something, they're like, Father, couldst thou come with us to the park so as we may playeth and haveth fun? No, your, your kids aren't going to do that. They're going to come up to you and climb in your lap or tug on your shirt or say, hey, Dad, let's go to the park. Let's throw the football. Let's do this. They're, they're just going to talk to you exactly how they are. There's no show that's needed to get your attention, to draw you into what they need. They just come as they are. And there are plenty of honest communications when you look at the Bible. There are plenty of, of people who have said things that maybe have been a little harsh at times, but they were always, always honest. And God is looking for honesty when you pray. This gut level honesty. Look at what Moses said in Exodus 5, through 23. This is Moses being really sarcastic with God about his situation and what's happening because God has brought the people out of Egypt and Moses is getting kind of snarky with God. And this is what he says. He says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? 
Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. He's totally just being sarcastic with God. Like, why did you bring me here? I didn't come here for this. I was fine out on the mountain. Like, he's just being totally, totally honest with God. Now, in your honesty, as you pray and are honest with God, I want to I just tell you, always be reverent, always be respectful, always be submissive to him and worshipful, but be honest. If in your life right now you're feeling like you're lost, tell God that. Look, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't have the answers. Or if you're, you feel like you don't understand something, like, God, give me understanding Give me wisdom. Help me. I, I don't understand this. Or I'm concerned. Maybe you're concerned about a family member. Or you're concerned about a doctor's report. Or you're concerned about what's on the horizon for your job. Tell God I'm concerned about this. Or maybe you, you, you can't see how something makes sense in your life. God, I, I can't see how this makes sense for me. I, I just don't understand why you would allow it to happen. Or I feel overwhelmed by this. Or I'm not happy about this. I don't know about you. I've prayed that prayer a number of times. Like, God, I am not happy about this. I trust you, I'll submit to you, but I ain't happy about what I'm going through. You can be that kind of honest with God. If you're tired and you need his strength and you're at the end of yourself saying, God, I need you, is an okay prayer, it's an honest prayer. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the strength in the world. You just need to be honest and you come to God in prayer and he meets you right at that point of need. Honesty is welcome. Man, I, I, in our small group, it, it, it's, I think it's the greatest opportunity to give people a chance to pray or to begin to pray. And so I've had, I've had the blessed opportunity to teach so many people to pray in a small group setting because we'll pray out at the end of small group. We're going to pray. We'll say, hey, anybody, anybody got a prayer request? And we're going to wrap up Grow Group tonight. And, and everybody will say their prayer request. I was like, who's going to pray? Because I'm pastor. I'm always going to pray. But one of you is going to pray tonight. We let them know that. And so somebody puts up their hand and they go, or I'll ask them to pray, and, and they go, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to pray. I'm not really sure what to say. And I'm just, be honest. Speak what's on your heart. Talk to God the way that you're talking to me. There's no right words. There's no wrong words. There's no right amount of time. There's, just be honest with him. But their excuse is legit. They don't want to do it wrong. They, they don't want to do it wrong. They're worried that they're going to be criticized after they pray. But you know what? Let me tell you something. There are only two times that Jesus criticized people who pray or the types of prayer that they off offered. Here's what, the, times that he, the, the ways that he criticized them. Because they were too lengthy, because they were all for show purposes, and they were inauthentic. This is what he said. He said this in Matthew 6, 5, and 7. He said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Look, when you pray, you can't worry about what other people are going to think about you. You just need to care what God thinks about you, and God is looking for you to simply be honest. That's all he cares about. He's not looking for you to be perfect or for you to be fancy. Just be honest. You want to grow in your prayer life? Pray with gut-level honesty. Second thing to consider when you're talking about praying to God, when you talk to him, you need to talk to him about everything that matters to you. So what matters to you? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? That is what you talk to God about. Look, I love this verse that I'm going to share here, Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. That word anxious means worried, shook up, 
got yourself all in a tizzy. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, and I like this word everything because it is all-inclusive. It means everything that you're going to face. It means your life. It means whatever's happening in your life. It means that doctor's report that you got, that issue that you got in your marriage, that problem you got with your kid in his school, that issue that you're having on the job with your boss, whatever it is, everything, it's all-inclusive here. Everything means everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. They're saying, look, everything that is on your heart and your mind, talk to God about it. I encourage my kids this way. I encourage my kids to come and talk to me about everything. And I want them to. I create space in my life to do that because I realize that on some level I'm a reflection of God to them. I know I'm not God, their God, but I, re- I realize that, that how I behave, will, they will reflect and, and, and project onto God. And so I have made myself available on a regular basis to my children, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm in a meeting, my kids can talk to me in a meeting as long as they're respectful. It doesn't matter. I, I am available for them whenever they need to speak to me because I want them to know that what matters to them matters to me. It's the same with God. What matters to you matters to God. He cares about what's on your heart. And so I'll talk to my kids. I talk to my kids about everything. I'll talk to them about their day. I talk to them about their relationships. I talk to them about their lunch. Did they enjoy it? About their bus ride, about their studies and how they're doing in them. I talk to them uh, about their, their sports and their, their, their desires, the activities that they're a part of. I talk to them about the games that they're playing. And I have one son, in fact, that I talk to him about his games so much that uh, he kind of got me interested. And now he and I play the game together. Like I just kind of jumped in because he talked to me so much about this. This video game he was playing. But I'll talk to them about whatever because if it matters to them, it, it matters to me. And, and again, it's the same with God. If it matters to you, it matters to God because this is how he looks at us. All throughout scripture, you see God's kids talking to him about things that matter to them. I've got a whole list of them here. Zacharias is a guy who wanted a son, and so what did he talk to God about? Having a son. We look at Solomon. Solomon, all he prayed for and wanted from God was wisdom. He didn't want riches. He didn't want gold. He didn't want any of those things. He wanted wisdom, so he prayed and asked God for it. Moses and Samson, both of them at different times in their life, prayed to God for water because they were in a dry place. That was the thing that mattered to them most. Daniel. Daniel has a dream one night, and it disturbs him, so he wakes up and and all he wants, all he cares about, is having that dream interpreted. And so he prays to God about that. Gideon. Gideon has a, a call from God on his life. And he wants God to confirm that call. And so he asks him for a sign. And God does that. He gives him a sign. Abraham sends his servant out to find his son Isaac a wife. And that servant prays, God, give me favor today so that I can find a wife for Isaac. And God does. David. David comes to God and prays to God for forgiveness for sinning with Bathsheba and committing adultery with her. He says, put in me a clean heart and a right spirit, God. It's what was on his heart. It's what he prayed. And then Elijah. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years until Elijah prayed again and said, God, let it rain. And it rained again. Paul, the the apostle, the one who's responsible for the majority of the New Testament and writing it, prayed to God over a thorn in his flesh is how he described it. Something was bugging him. And he prayed about it three different times in three different seasons of his life for God to remove that from his life. We see the disciples, they prayed for boldness as they faced 
persecution. And Jesus prayed that his disciples would be united. These are all God's kids. And all of them had different things on their hearts at different times. And we see that they prayed about those things that mattered most to them. And as God's kids, we can do the same thing. Whatever matters to us, we need to bring to God in prayer. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you go to the gym at all and you do this thing that they call leg day, uh, a day after or two days after leg day, you are driving your car to the grocery and you are praying to God to find a spot that is close to the door. You know what I'm talking about? Or when you go to lunch, you're, going to, you're praying to God that there's a short line at Chipotle. Whatever it is that matters to you, Pray to God about it. If you get headaches that are crippling, pray to God about that. If you, after a long day of work, your feet hurt, pray to God about that. you got a high mileage car. It's got over 200,000 miles on it, and you need to get a replacement. Pray to God about it. Ask him for wisdom as you do it. If you're working on a term paper right now because you're in school, and it's weighing heavy on you. Pray to God about it. Talk to him about it. If you've got some issues and some questions in your career, maybe some opportunities, you don't know which way to go, pray to God about it. You've got a kid who's struggling in school, pray to God about it. You've got, a, you've got a, con, a concern about the economy, and should you be saving money now, or should you be getting a second job? You're not really sure. Pray to God about it. You just came, came away from the holidays and having seen all of your family, you've seen all the tension that is still there. Pray to God about it. Whatever is on your heart, whatever matters to you, pray to God about it. Years ago, <clears throat> my kids and I went on vacation, and we went to the beach, and we continue to make this trip. It's an annual thing for us, and <clears throat> our first year there, we went down to the water, and the waters, we love the waves, and we take bodyboards down, and we ride them, and we love crashing, having them crash into us, and just being silly in the water, and I remember there were no waves. It was just really calm, and I realized that the waves kind of, you know, they, they move on the moon cycle and, you know, the high tide and low tide. I'm not, I'm not even sure how all that works. I know that it impacts it some way, but, <clears throat> but we're out in the water, and I used it as an opportunity to talk to my kids because they were really disappointed, and I said, you know, guys, when we talk to God, we, we can talk to him about anything, and I asked them for examples of things that they would pray about, and they talked about somebody that was sick or something that was really important in their hearts and lives, but but none of it was as insignificant as their desire to play in the waves that day. They said, you know, this is something that you can pray to God about. This is something you can talk to him about. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask because God responds one way or the other. Uh, another, it's either yes, no, or later, right? So why don't we just ask him? And so in the water, we prayed and asked God for some gigantic waves. And I'm going to tell you, that all three of my kids and I bowed our heads and prayed, and it wasn't five to ten minutes later that those waves were high enough to knock me down on the ground, and we had a time in the waves. And every year since then, we go down to the beach, and my boys and my daughter, they'll look at me and say, Dad, I got it this time. I already talked to God about the waves. We're good to go. He's going to have them for us. And Because uh, they're excited. They know that it matters to God, and I love that. I love that my kids know that God cares about small things on their hearts. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him. Whatever it is you're worried about, cast it on him because he cares for you. So we need to be people who learn to pray with gut level honesty and we need to learn to pray about what matters most to us. So as we learn to pray honestly and pray about whatever matters to us, we also need to learn to pray and talk to God continually. It's really important that we do this. Look at what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says. Be joyful always. Pray continually. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Look, learning to do this is so, so important. Like, I'm okay if you have a a process of getting up in the morning and preparing yourself in a time of prayer with God. I think that is great. Some people do really, really well at that. Like they get up in the morning and they have an hour of, of, of devotion time set aside where they pray to God and they listen and they read his word. And I, and I think that is amazing. And, and, and I have those disciplines in my life too. But, there's some pe- but I would prefer to have an ongoing, all-day conversation with God, praying and talking to him. All day. Now, it doesn't need to be long prayers. It doesn't have to be an hour long. It can be as simple as making sure when you get up in the morning that you thank God for a new day. You thank him for the life and the breath that is in your body. This is how I do it. I tell him, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to make a difference in someone's life today. I pray that you give me that opportunity. Open my eyes to see it. Help me be a better husband today. Help me love my wife with all of my heart. Help me to, to be a, a, an incredible a parent for my kids, a father. Lord, give me the wisdom that I need to love them and to steward them. Lord, give me all the opportunities I need today to be a blessing in somebody else's life. And then you can go about your day. You you can go about your day just continuing to talk to God, doing what we call practicing the presence. See, I'm not saying to pretend that God is there because that would imply that he's not. No, no, no. What I'm telling you to do is to begin practicing his presence, because there is a day that you and I will leave this earth and we'll be in heaven with Jesus. Well, he'll be there with us in the flesh, and, and he'll be standing right next to you, and you'll be able to talk to Jesus. So today, we can go ahead and practice this presence, because when we talk to him today, he is there, though he's not there in the flesh. He's there in the spirit. He hears you, and so you can have an ongoing, all-day conversation with him. It's so important that we do this. Wake up, thank him, then go on with your day and talk to him throughout the rest of your day. As you go throughout the rest of your day, you'll see opportunities to pray or to talk to him about it. You'll see something beautiful in nature and say, God, that's just so beautiful. Look at what you made. I praise you, God. Look at, look at, look at that. That's so incredible. You'll experience something that's out of this world and all will come over you. You can share that with him. You, you can talk to him about that. You can seek wisdom. If you're on the job or you're facing a meeting and you don't know the right things to say or you've got a difficult conversation to have, you can ask him for wisdom. You can pray about that. If you see some, somebody that's going through something difficult in their life, sickness or, or some kind of brokenness in some way, addiction, you can pray for them. You can talk to God about them. Just as you walk through your day, take every opportunity to talk to God about what you see. And in praying... Praying continually, we have to do what, what we call pushing, right? We want to we push on through, if you've, if you've ever heard that said. But when they say push, there's a couple, there's, it's an acronym for, for this. It's about being persist, persistent. It is like a description of the, the um, widow in Luke 18 who was persistent with the, the, the wicked judge where she kept going to him over and over and over again and he finally answered, right? And, God, and Jesus said, hey, this is a picture of us. If we are persistent in prayer, if we push, in other words, that acronym is pray until something happens, push right? We pray until something happens. Pray until God changes the circumstances or pray until God changes you. 
That's what we need to do. We need to be continual in prayer about things that are weighing heavy on our hearts. If you prayed about something and it still hasn't changed and you still haven't changed, your heart hasn't changed about it, continue to pray about it. Continue to talk to God about it. Push on through. You'll be like Hannah in the Bible. Hannah wanted a son, and she was found regularly praying, asking God for a son. She continued to push on through. And so one day she was in the temple, and she was praying, she had prayed so much that, that the, the priest actually approached her and thought she was drunk. This is what it says. He says, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, who was the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She had prayed so hard that she had no words, yet was praying in her heart towards God. And she prayed for a son, and God answered her prayers. And we need to pray like this as well. We need to pray with gut-level honesty. We need to pray about what matters most and continually. And then we need to listen for God's response. That's it. We need to be gut-level honest. We need to pray about what matters most. We need to do that continually. And then once we do all those things, once we lay all these things at the feet of Jesus and pray or cast our cares upon him, we need to listen. Imagine how flat a one-sided communication may be. I don't know if you've ever met somebody that when you talk to them, they're always just talking at you. They're not really talking with you. They always talk about themselves. They talk about what's going on in their lives, what's new for them, but they never ask you anything about you. They never take time to listen They have no idea what's going on in your world because they can't be bothered with it. They seemingly can't be. And what happens in that relationship? It's not a very good one. It's not a very meaningful one because a meaningful relationship has this exchange of ideas. It's a a sharing and a giving and taking that happens as you communicate with one another. And yet in our prayer lives, we oftentimes are like this. We talk to God. We tell him everything that's on our hearts and our minds, but we give him no opportunity to speak to us. We never have a meaningful or a fully developed relationship with God through prayer because we never listen. Elijah in the Bible, he was trying to hear God's voice. He was looking for an answer. And he began to look and he began to search out where was God speaking and there was this great wind that happened and and he listened and God's voice wasn't in the wind and then there was a large earthquake and God's voice wasn't in the earthquake and then there was this fire that came and he listened for him there but God's voice wasn't there and and after the fire there came this still small voice. This is what 1 Kings 19 says. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Look, as we're being intentional about listening to God, we need to realize that he speaks in a lot of different ways, and that we need to listen. If we don't hear, in all the places we know that we typically can hear, we still need to seek his voice. We need to listen for him, because God, God will speak to you. He'll speak to you sometimes through a whisper in your heart. Other times he speaks to you through his word, the Bible, Sometimes he'll talk to you through other people. They'll just be sharing something with you and you'll hear it and it's totally for you and it speaks to your heart and sets your spirit ablaze and you know that God was talking to you through them. Sometimes it can be a pastor who's preaching a message on a stage. Maybe it's a song that you've heard. <clears throat> Maybe God will speak to you through your circumstances. Other times we 
Read in the Bible where God speaks audibly to you. So maybe he speaks to you through dreams or he speaks to you through visions that you have. Or maybe God just talks to you through his creation. But he is always speaking if you will listen. If you will learn to quiet your heart and your mind and be intentional about listening. Sadly, many of us just aren't. We miss out on the greatest opportunities to hear. In 2015, in December, I was praying. I said, God, I, I, need, to know what, I need to know what the vision for the year is. I, I want you to speak to me, Lord. Just give me one word. Because if you just give me one word, I know that one word from you can change an entire situation. It can change circumstances. It can change the direction of our church. It can change the direction of our city. Lord, just give me one word. And so God spoke one word to my heart, and that one word was grow. And I remember being excited because I thought I knew what that word meant, man. I got on fire. In fact, sometime in January, I was standing here on this stage, and I started preaching. I said, and we're going to grow. This church is going to grow. We're going to have to blow out this wall and expand into another warehouse and expand this auditorium, and we're going to grow. Wow! I remember this because I was excited and so for the next few months, we made plans, and I kept watching. I was like, God's going to grow us now. He's going to use this message, or he's going to use this outreach, and then we're going to grow. We're going to have so many people here, we're not going to know what to do with it. And then, and then Easter came, and Easter, I said, Easter's going to be it. We're going to grow. And then after Easter, we had this series that I planned, and we did on called Sex Ed, and we brought in a, a former adult film star and, and had her speak, and I said, after this, we're going to grow. We're going to pack the house, and this is it. And then for whatever reason, reason that's it didn't happen we didn't have a reason to blow out the wall in fact during the summertime we went down to one service and I'm like God what did I miss you said grow I thought I heard you and so I began to still my heart and begin to listen I began to seek his direction and his guidance because I know he said it I know he said grow and here's what I had forgotten Earlier that year, a friend of mine shared a conference with me that I, was, that I registered for in July. Completely forgot about it until July hit. And I said, oh yeah, we're going. So we go down to this conference. Guess what the name of the conference is? Grow. And I didn't even recognize that until I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this, this pastor and this church help me refocus my vision and come back with my heart Full, which has now led to what we're doing in growth track and so many other wonderful things and directions that we are adding as a church. But I sat there and I said, God, are you kidding me? This is amazing. I, I wish I had known about this. And he's like, I told you this is what you were going to do this year. I told you grow. And it, it just blew my mind. It blew my mind because we are seeing so many people come through growth track now. We are seeing so many people take their steps in their spiritual journey. In fact, all that you see around here all that is happening here at Simple Church, all that has happened, our story has happened, everything has unfolded as a result of prayer. The relationships, the community that you now enjoy here at Simple Church is a result of prayer of my wife and I grabbing hands and praying and saying, Lord, lead us, guide us, show us how we are to lead this church because we didn't know what we were doing and we've had to listen and look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you in the same way. He wants to lead you. He wants you to hear his voice so that you can follow him, so that you can see what he has for you. Look, I'm telling you, my life has been flipped, turned upside down for the better, and God wants that for you as well. He wants that for you, and you can have that if you will pray. We need to be a church. We, in fact, we will be a church 
who prays this year. We will be a church who bathes everything that we do, our worship practices. As we clean the building, we'll be praying. As we gather together in our grow groups, we'll be praying. As we watch the kids and lead them to Jesus, we'll be praying. As we do growth track, we'll pray. As we serve a cup of coffee, we'll bathe it all in prayer. We will be a church that prays, and we will be a church that prays with gut-level honesty. We will be a church that talks to God about what matters most to us, and we'll do it regularly and continually. And then when we pray, when we've said all that we have to say, we will stop. We will make room in our lives to listen to listen so that he can speak to us, so that we can hear what he is saying to us because, man, he wants so many amazing things for us. He wants us to have a full and fulfilled life, and this is one of those ways to it. It's listening to what God has to say to you. We can have all this if we're willing to pray. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us, God, to be a church that prays. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to pray, that that we would understand that you want us to talk to you and that you want to speak with us. Lord, help us get outside the box of what we thought prayer was and the boxes that we put ourselves into and, and the guilt that we felt because we don't say the right words or pray like someone else or as long as someone else, Lord. Make our prayer life come alive with your presence as we practice talking to you all day long, sharing what's on our hearts, speaking simply to you, being honest with you, and continually praying, God. Turn our lives upside down as we hear your words, as we hear from you. God, we need you to do this. As we continue to pray, let me just speak to those of you who may be tuning into this message and, and you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, you have no relationship with him. And, and you know, I want to tell you that your relationship with God begins the same way that every relationship in your life begins with, you speaking to them. That's how every relationship begins. Say, hey, my name is Aaron. My name is John. Hi, what's your name? And you begin speaking to them, whether it's in written format or verbal communication. You you talk to them. Your relationship with God is the same. You just have to talk to him. And in a moment, I'm going to talk to him. Maybe you don't know the words to pray to begin a relationship with God. But let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you how it starts. See, you and I... We are unable to have a relationship with God on our own because of our sin, because of our, the mess we make of our lives by living our lives selfishly and doing things our own way. And God wants to change that for us. He wants to bring us out of that life to discover the life that he has for us. And the way he does that is through his son Jesus. You and I can be forgiven of our sins if we will place our faith and our hope in him and follow him, live our lives the way he tells us to live our lives. And today, if you want to make that commitment, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to say yes to heaven and no to hell, if you want to say yes to forgiveness and no to your old way of living, if you want to follow after Jesus and discover that full and fulfilled life he promises for you here on this earth and a relationship with God, then it begins with prayer, talking to him. I'm going to pray this prayer, and if you want to pray along with me, then you can do it out loud or you can say it in your heart, but you just need to mean it. 
It goes like this. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came to this earth, that you lived a perfect and sinless life, that you died on the cross for me, and you rose from the dead three days later. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take my life and give me the life that you've promised me. Show me how to live for you, and I'll spend every day doing that. Be Lord of my life now, Jesus. Amen.